0: Hi, all. Thank you so much for tuning in to Love Dripping from the Walls. My name is Elizabeth Cunningham. I am your host. And today we are talking about creation and contribution. Love Dripping from the Walls has started to expand. I have created a apparel company all about love named Kosokore. core stands for things of the heart in Italian. I have a new business partner and his name is Enrico. He will be joining me on the episode today, along with the ladies from Autism Compassion Africa. Why are we talking to the ladies from Autism Compassion Africa on the show today? And that is because part of Kosokore's mission is to give back to the community. 20% of our sales of our love apparel is giving back to organizations that impact the world. And so today we are going to learn straight from the ladies of Autism Compassion Africa, how exactly they impact the world. Keep listening, keep loving, and let's talk about creation and contribution. Thank you so much for joining us on our episode today. Today is a extremely important and exciting episode. My podcast has created Love Merch uh, and the Love Merch store is called Kosokore. And through Core, I have my business partner Enrico here today. And we're going to be talking to the first organization that we're supporting through Core. So what we decided to do was to not only have a Love Merch store, but have a love merch store that makes a difference. So 20% of our profits are going to be going to Autism Compassion Africa. And we have some of the ladies from Autism Compassion Africa on the show today. So I'm so excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about what is Autism Compassion Africa? What are they up to? What do they do? Who do they impact? And I'm just, I cannot wait for this conversation. So I'm going to introduce everybody who's here. Obviously, first of all, there's me. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Cunningham. I have my business partner, Enrico Pozzo, the wonderful, the only Enrico Pozzo, the man behind the curtain. And we have Whitney Hamel Annie, who is the co-founder and executive director. Whitney goes by she, her pronouns. Oh, I also go by she, her pronouns. Enrico goes by he, him pronouns. There we go. We also have Colleen Alabi who is the co-founder and operations director. Colleen also goes by she, her. And then we have Akanksha Nayar Chetri and she is the senior clinical supervisor and she also goes by she, her pronouns. Thank you all so much for being here. Yay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. We're so excited. <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing that I really wanted to share on this episode, before we hop into the amazing and wonderful Autism Compassion Africa and hear from the ladies that are here with us today, is just a little bit about how Kosakore got started and our mission, a little bit about our mission. Why are we supporting Autism Compassion Africa? The original source idea came from I just wanted merch for my podcast like that was it really and I was just like I just want merch, merch for my podcast and Rico was like I really like this idea that you have and then all of a sudden we started talking about it and then all of a sudden it was like oh and what if we had like this whole store oh and then what if like our store like gave back and it was like a contribution to the world so it was just like went from like oh, I just want merch for my podcast like if people had mugs that'd be cool <laughs> all the way to like let's get back to the whole world. And so, so then it really started taking form and taking shape from there. And what we decided was that we were going to start reaching out to organizations that we really felt passionate about, that we really wanted to support as a starting point. And fortunately we knew Colleen and got in touch with Colleen and knew that, you know, her and Whitney had started Autism Compassion Africa. And we are like, oh, like we're so excited and uh, proud of Colleen and Whitney for starting this organization. And then that's how we met at Kongsha. And it's just, you know, it's just like whole snowball effect, And so now Coastal Quarry is currently giving 20% of our profits to Autism Compassion Africa. And we're really hoping to, you know, support more organizations in the future as our business grows. But we're just so excited. So, so, so excited to have you be the first people that we are giving back to and so happy, so grateful that you said yes to partnering with us. And before I hand it over to y'all and like really get into, you know, what is Autism Compassion Africa and what are you doing and how did you get started and what are some of the really cool things that you're up to? I wanted to pass it over to Enrico for a second and just anything that you want to say about Kozakore or anything that you want to say about partnering with Autism Compassion Africa.
1: Well, you know, I think actually that Kozakura probably wouldn't exist without Autism Compassion Africa to see, you know, watch an organization that, you know, created by two powerful women who, you know, decided to make a difference on a different continent from the Pacific Northwest, which has always been so inspiring to me. And I think, I think what this world is really hungry for is people reaching out. You know, I think so many of the problems that we have can be solved and can be addressed. And I think in working together and hearing each other and creating together, we can create a different world. And I'm a little bit of the older generation, you know, but to watch the next generation just really look at the world in a different way. I remember, you know, when I was a little kid, like I would discover about the rest of the world through National Geographic, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't think there were even satellites around yet that, that had photographed every inch of the world. You know, so we were still kind of dreaming of undiscovered islands and et cetera. And here we are 40, 50 years later, it's a completely different world. Now, it's also a world where we have to be a lot more responsible because our resources are finite. And I think if we ignore things, there's a price to pay for all of us as well. But I think this generation is really going to step up and is going to... Take action. All of you really represent that to me. I'm so pleased to be here, grateful, inspired. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the thought of being able to speak and impact life on a different continent is incredible. Because ultimately, what Colleen and Whitney have done is they got other people involved and got financial resources involved and you know, made trips back and forth to Ghana and started a school for autistic children, discovered that there was a huge need for it and avoid. I'll let them talk about it, but... Uh, I was
0: going
1: to say, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, I'll, I'll zip it and I'll let... Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: And I really got like how inspired you are, as am I, right? How inspired you are by Colleen and Whitney and Akonsha for everything that they've done and created. Yeah, absolutely. Just truly inspiring. So now instead of talking about how it's inspiring, (laughs) we're going to pass the baton here. So Whitney, Colleen, Akonsha, who wants to talk about a little bit, what is Autism Compassion Africa, a little bit how it got started?
2: Sure, I can share about what Autism Compassion Africa is. We're an organization that was founded in 2016, but we opened our doors in 2017. We're a nonprofit in the US, but also a non-governmental organization, basically like a nonprofit in Ghana as well. As Enrico said, we opened a center for children with autism, and we are doing applied behavior analysis. And along with the work that we do, we focus on raising awareness of autism because it's not as commonly known. And we also focus on creating opportunities for continued education to build local capacity with Ghanaians and also with some of the work that we've been doing in Nigeria as well. We've been busy over the last couple of years, been a great journey so far, but maybe Colleen could share a little bit about how we got started, how it came to be.
3: Yeah, thanks, Whitney. I think I'll try and do like the condensed version because sometimes we tell the story for like an hour. So (laughs) so, (laughs) So, short version is that I was doing my master's research on women's entrepreneurship and empowerment in Ghana in 2012 and fell in love with the people, the climate, the environment there. People are so warm and friendly and You know, when I left at the end of that time that I was there, I just kept thinking to myself, like, gosh, I don't know how or when I'm going to be able to make it back. And it made such an impact on my career trajectory and, you know, an impact on my heart, really. And so Whitney and I are friends from undergrad a few years ago. And, (laughs) and, you know, we both have different careers. Mine is in nonprofit management and development. And Whitney's is specialized working with kids with autism. And she was all over the world. She worked in Abu Dhabi and India, which is where she met Kansha and in Boston and came back to Seattle. We reconnected and basically realized we could combine our passions. And when Whitney's contract was ending in India, it was like, okay, well, not necessarily wanting to move back to the US. And was like, well, what if we did this? And it actually came about as this conversation that was similar to how Kansakori came about. It's just like this dreaming conversation where I was like, yeah. yeah, build a house on the beach in Ghana. That sounds awesome, Whitney. Cool, me too. I'll build one next to you. It was like, great. We're like sitting in a park in Seattle at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do that. That'd be cool. And Whitney goes like, yeah. And then we're gonna build a school and then I'll like move there and run it. And we're like, yeah. like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> And and we just literally said, like, wait, that's actually something we could do. Like, that's actually feasible. Let's do it. And we just from that moment forward, that was, I think, like July or June of 2016, just started taking steps to actually make that happen. And, And a big part of that was doing a research trip. To Ghana later that year in October, and to find out if that was wanted, needed having a center or a school for kids with autism—is that something the community was interested in or not? Mm -hmm. Were you know there taboos around it? Was it something that would be welcomed? Because that was a big thing that we were concerned about—is not forcing what we thought was a good idea on on another. Yeah, Western view in yeah in Ghana. Mm -hmm. So we went and we asked questions and we heard like, "Great! When are you coming? How soon can you be here?" Yeah, and then it took off from there. Yeah. As
1: part of full disclosure, didn't that conversation involve a bottle of wine, Colleen? Is that it, it for- could
3: have. <laughs> I
2: mean, we were going for a walk. We were going to exercise, but somehow a bottle of wine slipped into the backpack and then dreams happened. So it all worked out.
1: Yeah. It, it sure did. It sure did. It all
2: worked out. I, I
0: really love and respect and admire how part of how this started is really seeing what was needed in Ghana and really asking the people who were there and be Mm -hmm. like, is this needed? Is this something that you want? Is, you know, and then I, I love that that is part of your story. Cause I think, especially with the climate now where we're all more sensitive to like, are we imposing our views onto people who don't want our views? Right. you know? And so I love that. It's not just that you had this idea. It was a need that was wanted for that community. That's so beautiful.
3: Yeah. And something that really jumped out to me, you know, along this whole journey, Whitney had volunteered at some centers in Accra in the capital on our first trip there when we originally were just going to have a vacation in Ghana. Vacation. Yeah. yeah. And so she she got to see kind of what was on the ground, what infrastructure is available for kids with special needs. And it wasn't, you know, much targeted to kids with autism at the time. But something that really jumped out to me that I've learned along the way is that there are special education programs in universities for people to go into the field of working with special education. But then there, there are no special education classrooms in general education schools. So. Like, mm-hmm. there are people who are trying to specialize in this type of work and then graduating, and there's no job opportunities. And that seems like a big mismatch to me. And, you know, On the books in Ghana, there are some laws that talk about inclusion, and you know I don't have the exact verbiage, but it's stated that it's supposed to be an opportunity for kids with special needs to be in a school setting, and it's not really the way it works in practice. So I guess we learned a bit more about that and talked to families who do have kids with autism, and they were looking for a better chance for their kids to have an educational environment to be in, so... That's where we
2: come in. Yeah. And one other thing to add to that is we started in Cape Coast, which is an area outside of Accra by about three hours across the capital. And there's a handful of autism and special needs schools, private schools in the capital, But we wanted to go somewhere where there wasn't something like that. So we went to Central Region where there was only the government special needs school. So there's a big demand. You know, I think that was part of our story, too, is making sure that we are reaching families of not just the wealthy families, but the families who really needed the support and couldn't afford to be at big private schools in the capital. So that's something that we've done. And the program that we have going is highly, highly, highly subsidized for the families. And we do all sorts of fundraising and consulting and other things to raise the funds to support the program. That's why we're also super excited about the partnership with you guys and the opportunity to bring on more funds because that helps us support our students and and families along the way. So thank you guys so much for this opportunity.
0: Yeah, you're so welcome. And so what are some of the biggest challenges or things that you've had to overcome or or even something that you're just really proud of in what's happened in the last
3: couple of years? Well, I can talk about a challenge we're facing right now. I'm going (laughs) to because I'm
0: going
4: to let a Akanksha was like, add add something. I was just going to say that I'm really proud of the team and the ethics of our team, the way we function and the way we relate to each other. You know, when I started out, we had five students and maybe five staff members. And now we are 14 kids and I'm talking about Cape Coast. And I think... 20 staff members, maybe. And it's just how we relate to each other, how much of an interest we take in each other's professional and personal goals. And it's just very, very nice. So I'm very proud of that because I feel like that's very unique to our organization, how much of an investment there is in each person, no matter what your role is in the organization.
3: Thank you. And then, Colleen, what were you going to say? Yeah, I love that. I think that uh, the intentionality behind everything, it's not like we're just here to go to work every day. Our no staff do get up and go to work every day at the school, but there's so much more behind ACA and the way that we relate to each other as a team. So, as far as career goals and that stuff, we definitely want to share that with you too. So, maybe we can go in that direction next as far as like career development for our staff because we're doing some pretty cool stuff there. The challenge I was going to share is that, well, covid is like the elephant (laughs) room of course so aca we are still running COVID has not defeated us to date. We're still here. We did have to close the center for, I guess, nine months last year while the government in Ghana had closed down schools. So we were closed from March to December. And we did just reopen in January for students to come back. And we've adjusted the way we're doing that. So that comes with quite a few challenges. The reasons for the adjustment in the way we're doing our work. So it used to be one student to one teacher all day long, like a day program at school. Typical gold standard ABA day program approach. ABA is applied behavior analysis, which is the therapy that we utilize to work with our students. So that is a very high cost model to make sure that each student has their own teacher throughout the entire day, plus support staff, plus infrastructure. And we were able to run that way, like on a pretty tight margin for the first three years without you know, any cash reserves or anything left on the side. And then with COVID, things really just had to shift. So we had to slow down on our consulting, which is where we do bring in a lot of our income to support the more sliding scale side of things that we run in the center. So essentially, we had to cut staff, which was heartbreaking. It was, it was really rough. Oh, heartbreaking you know, honestly, one night my husband came into the room and I was just like sitting there crying. Like it was like that night that it sunk in for me that we actually had to cut down our staff team. And that was really hard because people love working with ACA. They love the kids and it makes such a big difference. So what we had to do was cut back some staff so that we could keep the doors open. And it, it's also good, though, for social distancing in the school so that there are less people in the school, in the center at any one time. We're now doing like two hour brackets across the day. So that each student comes in for two hours. And so one staff person could then work with three students across the day. There's less people kind of congregating at any point so we can keep our distance better. We can keep things going for now. And there's all kinds of challenges for that for parents about you know, where are their children going to be throughout the day? Are they going to be at home the rest of the time? Are they going to be in a general ed setting at a school? So we're kind of working through all of that right now. But I don't know if you want to add anything to that, ladies, our current challenges.
4: By the challenges, I feel like as an organization, we've done the best that we could. And we've also adapted, you know, when we were shut And even our consulting model in Nigeria, we made sure that, you know, we adapted to the whole telehealth model and worked with the families to do the best that was possible for us and for our families in Cape Coast, because, you know, access to devices to do video telehealth was not as possible. We made sure that we were calling in each week and checking in and, you know, keeping uh, track of things without you know, charging the families any money because, you know, we're in it. Our intention is to help and make sure everyone's benefiting from what they're trying to do. I do also feel
0: that. From everything that you've shared, you know, it really solidifies and you can really tell how much you care, not just about each other, but about the people that you serve and the mission that you have. Like, it's just, it's just so clear, It's <laughs> so clear that it's just such a caring and compassionate, autism compassion, Africa. Um, yeah. But it's really clear that, yeah, that that's like, you're it's not talk, it's not talk, it's also walk. So uh, yeah, thank you for, I'm sorry that, you, you know, COVID's been rough for a lot of people and I'm sorry to hear that that's, you know, how you've been impacted by it, but kind of transitioning out of that, you know, COVID's not going to be forever, right? And so what are, what are you kind of gearing up for? What are you looking forward for the future? You know, what's next for Autism Compassion Africa?
2: Well, I think one really awesome thing about us restarting this January and where we're continuing forward is that we have really, to continue on what we were just talking about, we've really invested in our staff So we have three staff in Ghana and two in Nigeria that we gave scholarships to to become certified in applied behavior analysis. All five are now certified as international behavior analysts. So that's amazing. That's the first time in Ghana. And what is so exciting about that is that means we don't need to bring outsiders into the country, right? So for the first time, our center in Cape Coast, and the consulting work that we're doing on the ground in Nigeria is directly overseen by people from that culture. So I think that makes a big difference. And that's something that we're just getting started and we're really excited about. We believe that the best person to work with a Ghanaian is a Ghanaian, right? I can I have lived here, I've been in this country for some time, but I will never truly understand what it's like to be And so I think it's really great that the future of ACA is more led from the perspective of locals. And we're continuing that. We just had um, some applications come through from staff for the next round of staff members to support with them going forward with learning about ABA and moving forward for certification so we're continuing to support more people on the ground building up the culture of ABA in Ghana and also in Nigeria and so I think as we continue to grow as an organization hopefully we're also sending out great people you know across the country to be able to make a bigger impact that way because the culture and I we can only work with a you know with X number of kids at a time, right? But if we train up five people, then they can work with another so many people. So it really is like planting these different seeds that helps everything grow to impact so many more families in the future. So I think that's one thing that I'm really excited about this next phase of ACA. Our staff is really
4: awesome. The initial batch of five supervisors that we have, they're so, so good. But we're also so excited about the next, group of people that we want to, you know, get certified and get into these supervisory positions.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And you kind of said this really quickly, and I didn't know this. So I just want to like say it again and highlight it be like, did you just say that it's like the first
2: applied behavioral? When, when I moved to Ghana in 2017, I was the first board certified behavior analyst in Ghana, actually in all of West Africa at that time. There's more of us now, but not in Ghana. A was here, and we had another person from the states who was also a BCB, but there were no local people certified in ABA. And now we have three Ghanaians who are now certified with a certification by the Oh, I'm going to say it right. And, yeah, IBAO. So they are a new organization that popped up. We have three now in Ghana and the two in Nigeria. And the three in Ghana are the only three in Ghana. I don't know about Nigeria. There might be some more IBAs there, but that's huge, right? They're the first ones. There's people who are here practicing ABA, but they may not be certified. They may not have gone through the same type of background and supervision training and support to get to the level that our staff are at, but we have, we have the first certified people and I'm so proud of them. And as conscious said, they are powerhouses. So it's going to be great to see how things move forward.
1: Can I ask you, like, how do families and people in Ghana who have autistic children uh, learn about your organization and how, how do they reach you? Yes,
2: so we've done some media outreach in the past, raising awareness on the radio and TV. So anytime we go on media, we get a lot of reach out from families. Most of it, though, is word of mouth. We don't advertise so much. Our center in Cape Coast, we already have a long wait list. I think there's at least 15 kids waiting. So we don't go out of our way necessarily to advertise, but we do have a website and social media. And then I network with quite a few professionals in the field here. We have a lot of referrals that way. I've also set up an ABA wing at a special education and inclusive school in Accra. So we have quite a few families in our consulting branch that find out about us through that school itself.
1: So so at the moment, you actually have more demand than what you're able to provide. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the limiting factor, is that the number of teachers, or is it funds, or both, or?
2: We can always find great people. It's funding. Wouldn't you say, Colleen and Akonksha? Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. so that's a big part of it. Do the local governments at all contribute to this education? You know, has there been any support that way?
3: No, (laughs) unfortunately, there's not. (laughs) Yeah, not yet. Something that we hope to develop further in the future. Yeah.
1: Got it. So all of the funding comes from from the United States? The funds are raised here?
3: Not all of the funding is raised in the States. We do quite a bit of fundraising, but we do a significant amount of consulting services, both in the capital of Ghana, in Accra, and in Abuja, Nigeria. So there are families who are able to pay more like a true cost for programming, and we do those services for their children in home or in school settings. And then those funds are then able to get channeled back into the, the sliding scale that we provide at the school.
2: So We do have private out. donors here in Ghana as well. We have had some great individuals who have supported our cause. But when it comes to more government or corporation levels, that hasn't occurred yet. We'll keep working on it,
1: though. Do you see any corporations on this side, in the United States side, that are constantly supporting you and in this, or not yet? Or is, and, and perhaps there's listeners that are listening that are able to contribute here. People that are passionate, maybe have children with autism themselves, that that have resources available here, and really are committed that it's available around the world.
3: That would be awesome. Yeah, if anybody wants to take us up as their CSR branch, we're open to having conversations. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I'm hopeful for inside of this podcast as well. Is not just to share what you're up to and like how how we're supporting you, but how you can be supported by other people as well. So with that, I'd love to go around and just say, what is the number one thing? Like if you had to pick the number one thing, this is a fun question. What is the number one thing that you love about Autism Compassion Africa? What's the number one thing Every everyone's going to go around and say what they, the number one thing they love. So Whitney go first. We're going to Whitney, Colleen. I'm on the 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 spot. spot. (laughs) You're on the spot.
3: (laughs) I'm ready. I'll go. First thing that jumped into my mind was the smiles, just the smiles (laughs) of the kids. when they come to school in the morning, smiles of parents dropping off the kids, like feeling happy that there's a safe place for them to be. And the smiles of the staff, like working with the kids. I am like goosebumps (laughs) yeah this smile just tells such a story that crosses all kinds of barriers so yeah
4: I was also just going to say it's a tie between the kids the team and our parents these are my favorite things about
2: ACA thank you yeah I feel like the same but I'm trying to think of something different I think one thing that is also great is more of something on the side that when we do additional trainings and support for other people in the community, I always just feel so awesome after those moments because we're able to share some about our science and how there's hope for these families, right? There's ways that these kids can learn if they have the right support. So I think that's something that when you can kind of see those light bulbs open a bit in the families or teachers that we're working with, not only directly with our organization, but through different trainings and support that we've done, that's something that I also really love to see that idea that these children can learn. They're children, they deserve the opportunity for education and love and compassion and all of that. So we get to share a little bit of that with People, and I think that's
0: great. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, obviously we could talk like Colleen said, you know, we could just spend an hour talking about how this organization got started. You know, we could have like a 24-hour podcast about Autism Compassion Africa. I wish that we could. <laughs> but we're gonna um wrap it up. So I would love to know, you know, just for my listeners specifically, I am going to put the different ways that you can get a hold of Autism Compassion Africa if they're is a way that you would like to contribute to Autism Compassion Africa, there will be links in the show notes. So you can just go ahead. It's super easy. Just go ahead and click and do that. Whitney, Colleen, or Kongsha, I would love to hear how people can get involved and also just any anything else that you'd like to add before we say thanks.
2: One thing I think to add and a way for people to get involved, if They're passionate about what we're up to and they potentially have experience in this type of work. We do take volunteers right now, COVID, you know, so things are a little shut down in that department. But in the future, when the world opens up a little bit more, we are always open to having people come in who can help share their skills with our staff. And then also that those people can benefit. It's a mutually beneficial volunteership so that's something too that people can always email us for an application in the future beautiful that is a great place it's a fun place so that helps too
0: awesome Awesome.
3: and I would say even currently there are ways to support virtually if you're a practitioner in the field of ABA there are some ways that you could contribute and support virtually, or if you have other specific skill sets, you know, we always love help with writing newsletters and getting information out to people more frequently. That's one area that people could contribute. Storytellers, like virtual media people that tell these kinds of stories that would make a big impact. That's not a skill set that the three of us have mastered yet. <laughs> so I would say that's an area.
4: We can always need help. I was just going to say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate, first of all, Enrico, I appreciate you for helping me build Kozakore to a place that really can be supportive in this way and provide a platform for amazing organizations such as Autism Compassion Africa. Whitney, Colleen, Akansha, just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on this podcast, for Doing what you do in the world, it is clear and evident that you make such a huge impact and are continuing to make such a huge impact in the world and especially with the kids in your school and people and families who are impacted and have autism in in Africa as well. And so thank you so much for all of the work that you continue to do. I'm just grateful to have you. I'm just like, oh my God, you're on my podcast. This is amazing.
3: Thank you so much for having us, Elizabeth. This is so fun. And I think, you know, maybe before the podcast, we were all a little nervous, like, oh, what are we going to say? How's it going to go? But anytime we start talking about ACA, I'd say, I have a hundred more things I could say right now. It just really, (laughs) thank you for this opportunity. It's been really fun. Yeah. thank Thank you
2: so much.
1: You know, this podcast for me, too, is like, you know, half of the podcast or most of the podcast, I'm just biting my lip because I have so much to say and to just let you know how inspired I am and how grateful I am for the work that you do and for your social responsibility for your passion to total strangers and and making a huge difference in an area where these services were just absolutely not available. So, you know, thank you for inspiring us and we look forward to continue to support you in any way that we can. And yeah, just really committed that this, you know, continues to grow for you and, you know, much more to come. So.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And just so all the listeners know, so there's all those ways that we can, that you can contribute to Autism Compassion Africa. And you can also go to Kosakore and buy the specific Autism Compassion Africa merch that we have. We have t-shirts and onesies and mugs. They're all very adorable. And uh, Colleen, Colleen has one. Colleen has some stuff. I think Whitney, you have some stuff as well. (laughs) And also, you know, you can contribute directly as well in all of those ways. And I'm sure that there, you know, we could probably have another podcast episode about all the ways that you can contribute. (laughs) So there we go. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, until
1: next time, much love, much gratitude. Thank you so much. Thank you.